What up, Tate Schoolers? Welcome to another great episode of Tate School of Fitness, Fitness Corner Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a good brother, Adron Chambers, joining us today. He is the World, Sip- World Series uh, champion, um, has won on actually every level of baseball. Uh, he's here today just to t- tell us a little bit about his story, his journey, what he's doing now um, with the game, since he's not actually playing as of right now at the moment but how he's actually giving back to the kids who are playing the game and what he does with his organization. So we want to welcome Mr. Chambers today. How you doing today, AD? Mr. Ernest, what's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, um, and, you know, hopefully this thing turned out to be a good one. Oh, yeah, it definitely will, man. Uh, Got to start from the beginning. Uh, uh, when did you first pick up that bat? Nice. That's a good question right there, man. It all started back in Pensacola, Florida, where I'm born and raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest with you, man, it's, it was my brother. You know what I mean? I had my mom had eight kids, uh, four girls, four boys. Crazy how that worked out. Um, and she also had had it to where, you know, she had four of the oldest and then uh, four of the, the young ones. You know, I got a sister that's 50 years old, still kicking, doing her thing. And I also have a youngest sister that's 20 seven 28 now mm-hmm. 28 um but um yeah man having my brothers around um my older brothers i'm the youngest uh boy uh and and um a lot of them were doing their own thing you know what i mean they were trying to create a, a lifestyle for themselves and you know me being a younger brother i was i was like the the little black duck you know what i mean i was i was uh telling uh, grabbing their coattails trying to you know get involved in whatever they were doing so my brother the one that's right above me steve he uh he was a sports fan you know he played basketball football baseball and uh so he always had me coming along with him and um you know whether it was a big huge bat i had to use that was his or his big old baseball glove i had to i had to learn the hard way i guess and because mm-hmm. of that it made me kind of, you know, want to stick to the game. It made me want to learn. I started getting better. I seen that I could hit the ball with this big old baseball bat after choking up. And I I, I had, I learned, uh, or I, I gained a, an appreciation for the game myself. So I really owe it all to my, my big brothers. Definitely. That, so at, at, at a young age, you was like most kids, you know, who have siblings, older siblings. You just want to hang out with them and see what they're up to. And it just so happened it was along the lines of sports because you just you just didn't play baseball. What other sports did you also play? Yeah, so my first sport was uh, baseball, and my uncle was the, the president at the park we played at, Warrington Ballpark. But believe it or not, football was my passion. Um, that's something that I really, really enjoyed doing. I like making contact with guys and uh, being able being able to play throw 'em up, bust 'em up—that's an old game that we played. Uh, Lily, you probably recognize mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But um, I was playing baseball at while playing baseball at Warrington. Uh, some of the baseball coaches that were at the Little League place uh, uh, organization that I played with, Motor Road, they came to a game to watch me play baseball. Uh, crazy, they probably were, they were recruiting back then too, right? But they came to see me, and they came up to my mom and said he needs to play football. So she was kind of, you know, she didn't want that. You know, she didn't want her baby getting hurt. I already had bow leggeds and pigeon toes, so mm-hmm. I already looked funny on the field. But I could play. I could run very fast, and I was athletic. You know, being able to play with my older brothers, 
I, I learned a lot from them, you know, having to run away from them. It was more like a fear. So I learned how to make moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so Motor Grove is where I started my football career. And really, that's really football is what propelled me to, you know, other sports, you know, basketball and things like that. But um, football most definitely was my first love or first appreciation, I guess you could say. First, I really cared for football and my teammates, you know, a lot more guys on the team. Um, but yeah, man, and, and ended up, you know, having a, a very successful football career too. And a lot of people know me now for baseball, but but football is really uh, where it all started. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, because you was you was pretty you was really good in high school with uh, football. Did you get did you receive any scholarships, any looks for football as well as baseball? Yes, most definitely. Trust State, um, and even at Mississippi State, where I end up going. Um, Ron Polk, who was the baseball coach over that still sends me letter to this day. Um, he, t- he asked me to come play on the baseball team and I went and tried out and I was actually a, a very good baseball player, you know, but I, you know, I got into a little trouble at Mississippi state, um, that kind of stopped me from, you know, pursuing that football career and changing over to baseball. But, um, yeah, man, I had scholarships from, you know, uh, middle Tennessee, um, not too many of the D1s, they, they, they care. At least, I guess it was back then, um, they, they wanted me to stick with one sport, you know, but mm-hmm. a lot of these two schools and, you know, uh, um, that I was getting recruited by, um, they most definitely said if I was to come, you know, I could play both sports. And Rich, that's really what I wanted. I wanted to be able to, you know, be diverse um, because um, during this time, even though football was my love, as I grew, in high school, baseball really became like that dominant type. So I was a pitcher, center fielder, so I really got to learn a lot and see the opportunity that I had. But at the same time, I still signed my scholarship to go play football at Mississippi State. Mm, yeah. Did, at at Mississippi, Mississippi State, correct me if I'm wrong, was it high school or was it Mississippi State where you actually endured your um, your accident? I mean, your, yeah. your injury, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Um and I call it an accident because even now to this day, you know, back then I was kind of mad. Like, why would you push me and I'm out of bounds? But it was an accident. He didn't mean to be playing football, you know what I mean? But that was at Pensacola High School. Um, it actually stopped me from being able to play my senior year of baseball because, you know, the baseball season comes after. But, um, yeah, man, it was it was in an all-star game. Um, I had a great season that year uh, playing football, the first year being a full-time quarterback. All years before I was, you know, uh, you know, played, uh, kind of combining, you know, playing time with another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was able to take on that responsibility. And we had a great year. Um, I, I, I don't remember my, my stats, but like 2,100 passing yards and 1,800 rushing yards and maybe a little bit more than that, man. But it was a very, very good year. Like mm-hmm. I played well. And that's really where all of this opportunity to be able to go to these colleges, these showcases and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I, and it's crazy, man, because I wasn't even supposed to play in the game. Right. Uh, I had already signed a scholarship to Mississippi state as a junior. Mm. So that's the who was the, um, who was the head coach at Mississippi state. You know, he was like, look, you know, we don't, don't worry about baseball. You already got a football scholarship. We know you can play baseball. I mean, don't worry about, you know, going to play football. Mm-hmm. Just focus on 
baseball. Go play your 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 senior season, you know, and come see us after that. Well, I was gonna do it, right? Until some of my peers, my my classmates, they were like, "Look, this is the first time the the uh, All Star game is coming back. Come play, man. You, mm-hmm. Just play for a quarter or something like that." And I did. Got in there. First two possessions, we scored. I was done. Then came back in the fourth quarter. We were still losing. They asked me to go back in the game. And, um, yeah, man, that's why I suffered, I think. You know, and I've been through a lot of things. I think that was, like, really the the game changer when it came to the way my mind was. You know, I was taking a lot of pills for the pain and stuff like that. So it was altering a lot of things that I never, ever endured in my life, man. So, uh, but, yeah, it came when I was in high school. And it's a moment that I never forget, man, because, like I said, it was most definitely life-changing for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and uh, well, for athletes, definitely a injury, definitely it, it it changes just everything, the trajectory of your career, because your body's not the same. So you got to adjust. You got new things you got to work on, and um, you just you just adapt. That's what most athletes do. You know, that's one thing that's great about sport. It teaches us how to adapt, how to actually be more flexible, because things come at us quicker than somebody who is not actually playing a sport in life sometimes. Um, I, I say this too, just to add to that to mm-hmm. that story a little bit. Um, Justin Gatlin, who was like a very very good friend of mine, he came and visit visited me while I was um, while I was hurt, right? And this is, was you know this is in two thousand and you know five, so this is early in his career too. So, but I remember, but while you saying that, how how it, it changes us, it was like you know seeing guys like him and all the other great athletes that came and visit me, aside from my own. Um, um, you know, classmates and teammates, it changes your mind because then you start thinking, like, you know, what's wrong? Like, what would make Justin, you know, leave wherever he is to come visit me like this? You start worrying and like, yeah, he's saying positive things or your mom's saying positive things, but as an athlete, man, this is what I I talk about and, and why I wanted to add this because it alters our brains. Like, even though while we're rehabbing and all that kind of stuff, you already touched that you know, our bodies are not the same, but Mm -hmm. our minds are the same. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And and believe it or not, the Willis McGahees of the world and these guys that really came back from these harsh injuries, it wasn't just the rehab. It was the change of the mental side of life and how you live it. And that's why I say it was one of the challenging moments in me because I had to develop that skill at a very young age in high school. I, I got all this promising you know, this big promising future for me. I'm this great athlete in front of the newspapers. Everybody looking at Adrian as being this great athlete. And then, boom, this happens. My my mental side of it was very, very different at that time. When that mm. happened, man, I'm laying in a lazy boy for six months. Mm. I can't even sleep out of bed because of the pain. I got this machine hooked up, hooked up to my leg uh, to pumping in morphine and, and medicine. So it was really a mental, a mental thing. And I went into yoga and stuff like I am now, you know, meditation. You know, I was a young, energetic, 17-year-old young boy, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, but yeah, man, it's uh, most definitely, man, a, a challenging, challenging. And I put, for any athlete going through injury, man, I think that's the number one thing we have to uh, pay attention to is, is how we affect what the people that's helping us, how they affect our mind mm-hmm. and helping change our perspective on our situation because it's already changed you already said it it's already changed because your body ain't the same 
but your mind is a powerful, powerful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the mental, we already know that mental, mentally, because it did, again, as an athlete, training, like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to really work out today. I'm going to put it all on the line. Who wants to continue to put their body under stress? It had to be a mental thing, you know? It, it, it's, it's, it's more mental than physical. I always tell people that because it's, that's not normal. Why, why would I want to go run, do sprints, do lift weights, uh, rep cold after tubs. rep? Cold tubs. Yes, oh my. yeah, yes, cold tubs. Absolutely. Michael Phelps said, they asked Michael Phelps one time, what are you going to miss about swimming after he left? And he said, or, or what are you not going to miss? And he said, the cold tub. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the greatest thing for you. I take cold showers now. Yep. Man, them cold tubs. <laughs> I hated them cold tubs. Yes. I had to be in there because my body needed that. You mm -hmm. know? So, you gotta yeah. recover. Gotta recover. So, gotta yeah, recover. it's definitely it's definitely mental. Um, we gonna, I, I want to ask that at the Mississippi State what was the next? What was the next uh, part of your journey? What What happened next with at the Mississippi State? Well, at Mississippi State, you know, I went through a situation where you know I had a charge put on me for an indecent exposure charge, which it was, you know, I don't not to downplay, you know, anything, you know, uh, that people might be watching. You know, obviously we uh, people make mistakes. I made a mistake in my life, and um, it was a, it was a chance for me to kind of really regroup and, and really see where I was, you know what I'm saying? And um, so when I went back home, I got that taken care of. It, was, it became a misdemeanor. Mississippi State, they had to take my, my scholarship away from me. So my mom couldn't afford me going to school and I most definitely didn't have a job. So I could return back home, still trying to figure out what I'm gonna do, man, and, 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 and trying to really, to be honest with you, and I have to be honest with you, I was at a point that at that moment after the surgery and then that, it was a point where I felt like I had to prove to people who I was. Hmm. And I don't recommend that nobody do that because that's not a healthy way to live, having to prove to people all the time. If anything, prove to yourself. But, you know, but I didn't have, I didn't know where to turn. And uh, Doug Martin, who um, was our pitching coach back then, came to my house um, unexpected. You know what I mean? I did not know nothing. I wasn't thinking about baseball or anything. He came to my house and he sat down, me and my mom, and he asked me, you know, would you consider, you know, playing baseball? You know, I know your football career. We know who you are. We know this is a mistake. It's young people, you know, doing young things. We uh, we really think that you this can benefit you and help you, you know, going to wherever you're trying to, help you get to where you're trying to go. Mm -hmm. At the time, you know, I, like I said, I was trying to prove, so I was like, bet, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to let people know, you know, who I really am and, and what I really can do, you know? Yeah. So he came to me and he offered me, he gave me, I got I got to an apartment, but she was on campus apartment and they gave me a little bit of money uh, every month or, or every Whenever they gave out the money, so mm -hmm. I had I had some sustainability. You know, what I mean, I was I was able to take care of myself, and 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 baseball was like that sport that I told you earlier it was my first sport. Right, it was my first. So I knew a lot about the game. Uh, I didn't know everything about the game, but I knew a lot enough to where you pitch me a ball, I knock it out the park. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they seen it, and then I'm I was already pretty fast even after my surgery. So they seen the potential to end up giving me a scholarship. And um, yeah, man, that's where really my baseball career 
uh, started was at Pensacola Junior College at the time. It's Pensacola State College now. But, man, I was, to be honest with you, that was some of the best times of my life, too. You know, mm-hmm. have a group, like I said, proving to people. So I was really attention to detail. You know, I still was, you know, doing the college thing. But at the same time, I could really be honest and say that I was creating a lifestyle for myself that was portraying what I wanted to do and what who I wanted to be. You know what I mean? I was doing extra work. You know, I was creating my own drills. I was making sure I was working out every day. Scouts was coming to see me. I was performing great when they came to see me. And I was performing great by myself. Like, I was really putting on a show. You know what I mean? Even though, like I said, I was doing it to prove to people, but I think it was good for me to learn that because obviously later on in my life, I really understood what I was going through and what I was doing. And now, today, I can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, man, it was uh, Pensacola Junior College was most definitely a great moment in my life, most definitely. So it, it was definitely was just like a, a, a re, uh, it was a time to just refocus and rebuild who you are, who 80 is. It was just a time where you could say, you know what, I can just focus on baseball and I can do what I need to do. So that what that provided for you was that opportunity to actually rediscover your love for everything and which direction that you need to go in, correct? And then understand, I have like I have this 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 tag on my back, right? From Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. So I still have the challenges in my in the locker room. I still remember one day. Like I said, I was a performer, right? So I remember one day, it was a scout in town, and, you know, I'm like, man, I'm going to show out for these people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew my ability. Like, I really, but I was like, at the same time, the coach was hitting me some balls, and I was like, man, coach, hit them, hit them better, man. Like, come on, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I was really showing the coaches up. So we get back in the locker room, and my teammates, and I come from Mississippi State, the football world, you know, we aggressive in football. So that kind of attitude I had was kind of normal. For the football atmosphere, but in baseball, it was a little bit different. So I go in the locker room, and my teammate was like, look, man, you ain't have to talk to the coach like that. You ain't have to. So I still had them challenging moments to where I could have been like, man, fuck him. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Excuse my language, but I could have been like a real, but I really had to, it was a moment, like we saying, to to change a lot of things that I could, like, that was an opportunity for me to really show who I could be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I could have even, the coaches probably wouldn't have been tripping as much. Look, as long as I'm playing, you know, I ain't doing no real knucklehead stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it was, a, it was a moment for me to show myself, show my teammates that I cared about them. And to be honest with you, it changed the relationship I had with my teammates. Because remember, I was new just coming in. They yeah. had already been with each other. So it made them be like, even though I was doing all that, and after I did what I did in the locker room, they were like, all right, this ain't no bad dude. So my relationship with them changed, and even them at that, they started to help me, and and, and really, if they, if it was an opportunity for them to kind of, like, help me, because I was helping them most definitely, but, like, with anything, you know, mm-hmm. with just learning how the locker room is, is, is handled and learning what to expect on the road or whatever, the communication was there. And now I wasn't just in my seat by myself, ex-football player, Mississippi State, you know what I mean, troublemaker. Like, I was actually a part of the team. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a moment for me to kind of, like, really, like you said, redirect and change and find myself again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because yeah. it, it was a time of growth. So it, that was provided by Coach Martin. So that's that's really, really good. 
um, that you had that reset and that time to focus. Because then what happens next? What happens I, after junior college? Well, how I got to St. Louis, I ended up signing with the Cardinals. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. But I, it was a, a scout there, Steve Turco. He was there to come see uh, a friend of mine still to this day, Demarcus Ingram, uh, which was a he was a, a bad boy on that baseball field. You know what I'm saying? And they would come to see him. And I was like, hold on. I know I can run like I can hit Marcus. What? Oh, I'm about to go and show these people. So that was kind of a chance for me to kind of, again, like I said, show out. And I did. Um, with a lot of the different drills that I was doing, I did a lot of personal work, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. when I was on the And they ended up coming up to me and was like, look, we want you to come to this tryout, right? We want you to come to Memphis, Tennessee to this tryout. And uh, I was like, bet. But I ain't had no money like that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, not no money to really, like, really move. Yeah, I was getting my little money from the colleges, but, you know, I was just to eat with, you know what yeah. I mean? So. Yeah. I got a little helping hand from a good friend of mine to this day. She always reminds me that she she started my career. But uh, I got a bus ticket, man, and she ended up getting a bus ticket that made me go all the way down to Naples, Florida, to come all the way back up to go to Memphis, Tennessee. So uh, a lot of, of, uh, of the St. Louis Cardinals nation really understand my story on me taking a bus ride that took 24 hours mm-hmm. to go to the tryout. So I get to the tryout late. Mm. I feel got my suitcase in hand because I'm really thinking that they finna give me my check right now and I'm finna go get me a place because, you know, I'm really trying to, you know, get things back running like I know, right? Yeah. So, get on the field. I run the 60. I ran that well. I'm in the outfield diving for everything. People just standing around, you know, most of these showcases, if they taking BP, you know, most they just standing around. I'm the only one out there diving. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really trying to make plays. You know what I mean? And I think that kind of stuck out to uh, some of those people that were there. Most definitely, they seen that I came for business. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, I remember, I still remember, I got three swings, man. I came up, I hit two balls to the shortstop, showed that I can control the bat. And it's like, oh, like I'm the last one because I was late. I said, can you hit it over the fence? Boom, I pop it out of there. They took me to the top, you know what I'm saying? The top, you know what I mean? So they can talk to me about, you know, a possible contract. They told me they was going to offer me $50,000. They're going to take me in the later rounds. I said, look, I'm there, you know what I mean? And on top of that, I also had an other, you know, I, I tried out for the Cubs. I tried out for the Pirates, you know what I mean? But the Cardinals were like, look, we're going to give you some money. We'll take you. So I was really looking forward to that next draft because this is what they told me. They ended up drafting me in the 38th round. They gave me $50,000. I didn't know about taxes then. I didn't get all of that $50,000, mm-hmm. but I was able to take care of my mom a little bit and put a little money in my pocket. So I really started seeing that that things started to change for me, right? Things started going up and up for me. And, um, yeah, man, that's what happened after Pensacola Junior College, man. That's when my professional baseball career kind of, you know, it started shining in, you know? I, I, seen, I seen Adrian the professional. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, yeah, man. I yeah, absolutely. So, and, and and most people don't know that when usually most people sign, especially they're not a high draft pick, and even with a high draft pick, they actually go down to the form team. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you explain that process? Because a lot of people don't understand that with baseball. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, I was so green, I didn't know the process, mm-hmm. right? So. Mm-hmm. I get there, and even at the, where we tried out was Memphis, Tennessee. 
they, they got a big clock out there in Memphis with a red bird. I mean, I said, man, this must be where the Cardinals play at. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm here with them. Yeah. And I know that it's the St. Louis Cardinals, fool. But it was, yeah. it was it, that's another story. Yeah. But um, yeah, so when I signed, you know, they have your rookie ball, your instructional. They call it instructional because they kind of like they're developing players, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to show them the ropes, how to handle yourself. Most of them are very young, 15, 16, 17-year-old young young boys. I end up going to Johnson City, Tennessee, which is our low-A program. Mm. So I was still green, but I seen it was a lot of promise for me. You know what I'm saying? And um, if you could, it, was it that you want me to t- talk about the whole minor league or just how it is, you know, when, you, when I first signed? Like, no, just when you first signed, your process. Yeah. Yeah, man. So when I signed with them, um, I, I went to spring training. Uh, it was, I had a wonderful spring training. It was something very new to me. Um, we had to wear our collar shirts all the time. You know, our shirts tucked in. And, you know, they were really trying to, uh, you know, it wasn't no military type thing, but it was just a cardinal way. You know, it was like a way for us. For It was accountability, right? Mm-hmm. And if you, we can help you take the pressure off, that's what they were going to do. So they provided a lot of things to help us not have to think about it. If I knew that I had to wear collar shirts, you know, when we put our uniform on, I had to pull my pants up all day. I wasn't in the mirror trying to think about, you know, how I looked all the time at this young age. I was mm-hmm. just, I was coming to play baseball. So really it helped me focus on what was necessary. And it was probably the best thing for me too, because at that time, again, you know, when you see an Ira Pujols, Troy Gloss, Tony LaRusso, Mark McGuire, you seeing all these people as you walking up to your locker room, you trying to figure out how do I get there? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how do I become that? And I'm over here worried about where I wear my pants or how many sleeves or uh, wristbands I got on. Mm-hmm. Like, you really your time, you know? So it really helped me kind of structure. And it was a continuation, right? Mm-hmm. College did the same thing. Now I'm professional. Now they able to provide me with this kind of, you know, security you know we had a bus taking us back and forth from our hotel so i didn't need a car they gave us meals at the stadium which was only ham and cheese and peanut butter at the time now they didn't invest all type of money in the minor leagues but Mm -hmm. um it was it was like a it was very rewarding because man you know i got a chance to get out of my hometown of pensacola uh we our spring trainers in palm beach florida and I guess that was a good time to take a deep breath right there. I've been going on. No. But it, it was like, you know what I mean? It was, it was Jupiter, Florida is like one of them, you know, very, you know, you know, sophisticated places to be, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like a, a prominent place, you know? So it was like, I was able to see a lot of things and it's nothing but nice cars riding around. So my uh, beginning, when I first signed with them, it was, uh, it was educational. I say that. Okay. I think my natural ability kept me in the minor leagues, like instead of getting like dropped off or traded or, you know, sent home, you know, I was fast. I could hit, mm-hmm. you know, I just had to learn the game and it was going to take time to do that. But I was, it was educational because I was able to see the things outside of baseball on yeah. the field. Yeah. The you business. Like yeah. when you ground people that, you know, we, we see nothing but Maseratis and, you know, you got Alva Pujols coming up with a nice, you know, bins or whatever. It's like I was able to really sit back and just observe and 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 like see how they did their business. How did yeah. why the 
how did Albert Pujols become this great athlete? Mm-hmm. I was able to sit back and really observe. He the first one to the locker room every day. Yadier Molina was the first. Yadier Molina was the first to get there every single day. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a my the beginning of my professional career was very educational off the field. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah, absolutely. It me, yeah, it gave me it gave me a chance to see how to be a professional. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. You had to you had to learn just the business of baseball because yes. I mean yeah because I mean you played the game your entire life so you know but but then also I want to stop there because I want to ask because some people don't realize that every level of a sport baseball football basketball is different because oh, yeah because yeah, you say you had to learn baseball yes. so could you talk about what was the difference between junior college and professional? Okay, that's a great question right there. So, for instance, you know, in college, right, and I tell people this all the time, and this is like the simplest thing right here. Like, Coach Hamilton would be so happy if he, when he watched it. He is going to be happy when he watches it. But in college, right, we playing what? 40, 50, 60 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. When you go to that professional world, we playing 140, 160 games every single day mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, this, is, mm-hmm. this is your job now right so yeah talking about you know i ain't got to go to class i ain't got to think about none of that right there but in a professional world you know it, you got to show up every like right now whatever job you at you know you got a nine to five you, you it ain't too many days you're gonna be able to call in sick yep when you're in college Yes, you can kind of get away with some things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you're on scholarship, you know, it's different for you, you're kind of young, so they're helping you get used to everything. You might not play because, you know, you know they have other people that they need to get playing time. Like, they going to let you going to play. I mean, you become a professional, you're going to play. And if you don't play, ah, you out of there. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, you don't, if you don't show your worth, ah, you, you, you ain't going to be there for too long. You yeah. Know? So, to me, that's the biggest thing when it comes to the transition of college and professional is mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, this is an everyday 360, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, this is really like um, a job, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's really the, 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 the idea of, it's still fun, don't get me wrong, it's still fun, but now you're thinking about a life, a, a, a career, a, a, a sustainability. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of my friends. When they when they sign their, their contract, they got wives. They start having kids. You know what I'm saying? They start settling down because that's the world that you're in. When, you, when I'm trying to imitate the 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 Albert Pujols of, of the world, he has a wife and he has kids. And you know what I mean? They're not going out and partying and mm-hmm. like we doing in college. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they they. They have things to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Responsibility now is more than just them, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like what I was introduced to um, when I when I signed, you know, my professional contract was that professionalism. Like I had to learn how to be a professional and, and what it took to uh, stay a professional, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to, to really not get cut and, and, and release, you know what I mean? Like they look at that stuff, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They, they, Paying attention to your every single move. How I walk to the stadium, do I look drowsy? You know what I mean? Am I happy? Like, mm-hmm. how am I with teammates? 
Like those are things are like those things are enhanced yeah. from where in college, you know, you got your little clicks or whatever kind of like that. And and when, and when you're a professional man, it's kind of like they trying to get rid of that kind of stuff. They trying to create team. They trying to because at the same time they used to tell us all the time, like don't get me wrong, I played for that name in the back, mm-hmm. right? Last name Chambers. I played for that, but they wanted you to respect that name on the front. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. Like when you walk outside, when you leave here, you need to represent like us well because you know that's what they're trying to provide for us respectfully. You know, I'm not trying to make that sound crazy or nothing for us athletes because no. we know it can get hectic. You know, man, yeah. you can get hectic. We, we know it's it's a business, mm-hmm. but you know, some places like St. Louis, you know, the the the, the family base now, not necessarily the exact business. Like every time I go to St. Louis, I feel the love and appreciation for the game of baseball because they really love their baseball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They really, really absolutely. I the professional side, you know what I mean? That a lot of people, like you said, may not know. It, it's a real, it's professionalism that starts begins to play an effect on mm-hmm. the athlete once he gets there. Because I mean, you it it is an investment. You're investing in yourself. The organization exactly. is investing in you as well. So, I mean, and then also, um, of course, in a perfect world, you will play for one organization forever if you could. But, you know, you always auditioning for other organizations. So if you're if you're not carrying yourself in a professional manner, then no one else is going to pick you up. You know, it's so easy to get blackballed. And they going to tell them that, too, because what you do with us. Like we send them over there, they ain't gonna want to do business with us mm-hmm. because we know, they know that you sending us some trash. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you you got a knucklehead right here, and you ain't telling us he's a knucklehead. We ain't doing no business with you. We gonna go over here to the Brewers. You know what I'm saying? That's we gonna it. go over here to the Yankees because mm-hmm. they they developing some bull junk over exactly. there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And and so we you learn you learn you have these great examples of being professional in baseball from a great organization. And in that first year, what happens in your first year with the St. Um, Louis Cardinals? On a big league team or big league team? You still on the minor league? Oh no, no, the big. Let, let's let's go to the big league team. Okay, the major league team. Major okay. league. Because, like, for me, don't get me wrong, I had an interesting career when it comes to baseball. Most of my years was in the minor league, um, but you know. And, and at the same time, like I have, I have to go back to the Miley just a little bit to sure. talk about you know, sure. because you know my AAA years, you know my Miley years were some of the best years. Like those were even with the Cardinals, like they know me as a world champion, just like they know Albert Pujols for being so many years in the game, three thousand hits and home run. Like my recognition came in the Miley's because I was able to, you know, break records and. You know, be a part of organizations and being on teams that mm-hmm. I did things that nobody did in the minor leagues. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of things. So my minor league career was very special to me, and that's really how I still got my name now in the game. Is because of the player that I was. I mean, I be playing with a great organization. You know, how many athletes or great shortstops came through uh, the New York Yankees, but they couldn't play? Because mm-hmm. shortstop, I'm trying to say. Yeah. But they couldn't play. Why they couldn't play? Yeah. You already know. Yeah, Derek Jeter. Absolutely. Derek Jeter, right. <laughs> so that's the same thing that I was a part of. Like, you got Matt Holiday, who had just signed a big contract. 
You got Lance Berkman out there who signed a humongous contract. John Jay, who was a developing great athlete, and now his career is awesome. Like, I had all these, Alan Craig, Shane Robinson. I had so many guys in front of me to where I had to shine in the minor leagues just to get the little glimpse mm. that I got in the major leagues. You know what I mean? Just mm. to be able to come through the door, like they say, your little, little cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I got that chance because I worked hard, but yeah. when you have so many great athletes ahead of you, what can I do? And then at that time, you know, after we won the World Series, I'm going to talk about that. Like, the Cardinals, they have, like, rules in the game, right? Why would they get rid of me? And I had to really understand this, even though I feel like, you know, my years were not wasted because I still could have took responsibility, but it was like they weren't going to let me go because they knew if somebody went down, they still had somebody like myself that has had the experience. I was a world champion. Like, I, I knew the, the coaches, the organization. I knew the staff. I knew the system. So I'm not finna get rid of this guy because he can benefit. We can benefit from having him. So we just gonna, we got you on a 40-man roster. Your check's gonna be a lot better. Mm-hmm. So everything was kind of cool. But I still was like, man, let me go somewhere else so I can start every day in the major leagues. Yeah. But going back to 2011, our world champion, um, world series, mm-hmm. uh, uh my bad, I'm listening to my daughter right now. No, you good. Go ahead. But having to, uh, going back to talk about that, man, look, when I first, I had a great, in 2011, I had, in 2010, I had a pretty good um, um, AAA season. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a chance to go from Springfield to Memphis, Tennessee, and I finished very well. So, that gave me a chance to go to what they call the instructional league, not instructional league, the Arizona Fall League, where all of the great athletes of the, in the minor league, they come to one place in Arizona and they play each other. So I was playing against Bryce Harper, hmm. uh, uh, Eric Ferris. Uh, the list goes on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I got uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, Eric Hosmer. Hmm. Uh, a lot of great athletes were in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah. Um, that, that's millionaires right now, right? They still playing to this day. Um, so I, I got a chance to go there. I played very well. I competed very hard. I think I had the most stolen bases. You know what I'm saying? So and, and people didn't know me. Like I was still that guy that came, you know, I just left Mississippi State. I'm still under the radar a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I didn't have like no no stand out uh batting average in a, uh, in my A ball. Like it, I wasn't hitting three fifty and everybody knew me. It was still kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I'm still trying to make my way. Yeah. So did very well, and then they uh, they end up calling me while I was in Arizona. Let me know, Adrian. We're gonna add you to the forty man roster, which is the forty man roster is like in, in in baseball. You have the major league team have a roster of forty players. Only twenty five of them are in the big leagues. Right, rest mm-hmm. of the guys is spread out through the minor leagues. So, but at the same time, the checks are a lot different. You, it's like um, it's like having a group of players where we can go and pick. Like, if somebody was to get hurt or go down or something went down, we got these players that can come straight up because they have it's that they're a part of the process. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That they're, mm-hmm. they're part of they're part of the group, the system. 
So they can just go down and pluck us out of the minor league and we can just join the, the major leagues without having to go through this big ordeal about contracts or whatever. So I got the Florida man. Uh, uh, I, I became a, a, on the roster. I got on the roster, Florida man roster. And um, so that next season, I was going to start, I started off in AAA. Knowing that I'm on the roster, my checks are different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, everything was going well. I had a, I had a great relationship. You know what I mean? Like everything was so promising. So it's like my mental, my mind was like on one thousand. Like, bro, I was balling. When I say I was balling, I was balling, man. Like I had such a great year in AAA, and it was a lot of fun. Right, the game became a lot of fun to me while playing very well, which it was fun to me all the time. But now everything seemed to connect. Yeah. So at the end of the year, they had what you call September call-ups, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where if you it's like a promotion. You have a good season, you can come up to the major league team and you know have a chance to be a major leaguer. Yeah. So with my September call-up, the second at bat of my career was a game winner against the Phillies. The oh, next wow. bat was a right. The next bat was a triple to help us beat the Mets. And my speed was there. That's what I was known for, my speed. My defense was impeccable. And I was just running, like, in practice, man, I still remember Tony Russo telling me, you know, don't stop what you're doing or how you're coming, how you're preparing yourself because, you know, and this, him and Mark McGuire said this the first day I got there, create a plan. Yeah. So I worked very, very hard, bro, like, very, very hard. Mm -hmm. And, Tony Russo seen that. You know what I mean? He, I think he said he liked my aptitude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which I was like, what? What in the world? What <laughs> I had to go look it up. You know what I'm saying? But he liked my style and how I came about my business. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. So after those big two, I mean, this is my my first at bat. You know, I hit a, I think I was safe still on my first. I, I think I got a hit, but they called me out. Uh, my next at bat game winner against the Phillies was was a big big hit big mm-hmm. situation that kind of turned our season to that kind of turned because they see me running around the energy in the lock I was always live I was always talking I mean the Chris Carpenters of the world the Arthur Rose I was always talking smack in the locker room mm-hmm. respectfully now. don't get me yeah. wrong I still was I stayed in my place you know what I'm saying yeah. but I had that energy that ball where even if a coach told me shut the hell up and sit down I was like all right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I had that energy, you know? Yeah. And um, I that. You know what I mean? Coach Tony Russo, he really enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. gave me a chance to, to to end up, you know, having some real big opportunity to show my my ability. He put me in a lot more games. Uh, I remember the Chicago Cub game where I scored the game in a run. I stood on the dugout and got the crowd into it. Like, that's one of his favorite games, he said, that he's ever been a part of. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a awesome moment for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was able to win, I mean, to be a part of it by scoring a game in a run. Yeah. Ended up going to the playoffs, and uh, he ended up uh, adding me to the roster. So mm-hmm. this is my first year in the major league. Yeah. And I'm the playoff roster already. People already doubted us because we were like 12, 10 games out and mm. nobody thought we were gonna come back and and we it came down back it came down to our last game where um the Phillies, you know what I mean, like uh uh the uh 
the Braves, I want to say. Man, you make me think right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it came down to the last game. They lost, and we ended up make, getting into the playoffs. Mm. So now mm. it's really on because in the playoffs, um, it's any man. And, and this is actually our 10th year anniversary. So we having like a big party later on in the year mm. uh, for being a world champion 10 years later. But now, like in the playoffs, it's any man game. You know that as an athlete. Like yeah. playoff time, it's whatever. Yes. So I end up having a chance to to be on a roster. I play. I got my first uh, RBI. You mm-hmm. know, I got my first hit against the Phillies, the first series. Mm-hmm. Uh, second series, I got my first RBI. No, I got no, my second RBI, I'm sorry, against the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I played uh, – my partner just sent me a video about uh, we were playing the Brewers in game five. I want to say I made the game winning. I mean, not the game winning, but um, the last inning, the last the out of the game. He showed me like, man, I just see you popping up everywhere. Like I ain't had no, I wasn't no starter. I wasn't pitching a no hitter. But you seen glimpses where I was getting in the game. Base running, yeah. defense, coming in to hit. Yeah. So I was my chance like. Tony, I think he really understood that energy. Like, Adrian yeah. brought that. Let's keep that energy. So, if it is an opportunity for him to come in, he I'm going to put you in. Because we know what he can do. Yeah. Even though it was high stage, he knew that. So, but he kept me. Um, now, in the World Series, when we ended up making it to the World Series, we beat the Phillies, the Brewers. And then, um, but we ended up having to play the, the Rangers in the World Series. Where he came up to me and was like, Look, you know, the roster we and now we playing against the AL, right? So mm-hmm. we need pitching. So he was like, "Look, I ain't gonna put you on a roster for the World Series, but just know you here with us." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And the understanding too, I'm adding to this roster. We still got Corey Patterson, who's been respected in the game. Like, we still got a lot of athletes that could have he could have picked over me, but mm-hmm. he picked me, right? So I was cool because me and Corey became real, real tight, you know, and obviously other the other players. But, you know, what I'm saying just being on the bench, we, we had a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get all the way to uh, we, we, the, the series is ridiculous. Like you want to watch good baseball, go to 2011 World Series series mm-hmm. and Cardinals and Texans. That's some of the best. Game six is still probably the best baseball game you going to see. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? With the good, the bad, the ugly, and the excitement. Game six, mm-hmm. bar none. So, but Matt Holiday ended up getting hurt. Mm. Our left fielder. So, guess who add, gets added to the roster? Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he added me to the roster in game seven, man, and that was kind of like the highlight. I still remember uh, me and Whitney, we in the restaurant, man, we eating our food, and next thing you know, ESPN pops up and they say, Adron Chambers will be replacing Matt Holiday for game seven of the World Series. And Matt Holiday is like the starting left fielder. Mm-hmm. I'm over here eating at TGI Fridays. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't get to the field. So I'm gone. Because I'm gone. Like, I didn't get to the field. Like, I didn't know this. Ain't nobody called me or nothing. Yeah. I'm walking up. Adam Wainwright, Chris, everybody, like, congratulations. They already knew, right? Because mm-hmm. they really hit. I'm young. Mm-hmm. But they are. They, they know what's going on. Like, these guys been here for years, so they know I'm rookie. 
So I'm over like, I'm in a lot. I'm, I'm the lineup ain't up yet, or nothing, right? Yeah. At least I don't, I don't remember the lineup being up yet. And all I, it might have been though, knowing Tony, it probably was, but I just didn't watch it. I put my uniform on. I'm going to the cages practice. I'm stretching. I'm like, Ooh, hey, I'm starting in the world series. Like I knew I was going to win the game. I mean, hit the home, the game winning home run. Yeah. I knew. Looked on the roster, Allen Craig, which was even better because Allen Craig was the man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Really helped us. Like if you talk about David and all, Alan Craig was that man. He helped us big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was still just exciting to know that I was thought about. And as a rookie, my first year there, you know, I, I felt like I belonged. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I felt, you know, all of that practicing in college, everything in Mississippi State, the ACL, it kind of like uh, it cleared my mind for a little while. You know, yeah. even at the same time, and I know we talked about this one time. I end up learning, like, you know, that World Series wasn't wasn't what I was trying to reach. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I really, I seen what what its worth was, which mm-hmm. beautiful. Like, I still appreciate the 2011 World Series year to this day. Like, I'll never forget that. But um, it wasn't that end that end goal for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't everything that I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It was a lot more up in me, you know what I'm saying, that that needed answers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, but again, a lot of the times what we deem as success um, is viewed through, through others' eyes. And we don't, yeah, and we don't realize that because we we in it. It's like when you in it, you don't see the different angles because you in it, you're doing the training, you're working hard. I'm sure you start working really hard once you got to the league because you had to have a plan. You wanted to stay. You knew every day your job was on the line. So you you don't see what's going on. But really, uh, most of the time, our success is tied to people around us and what they what they heart desires. It's really not what I... And sometimes it is. Sometimes it is what we desire. But most times when we do achieve that, it's like, this it? This is what I did all this sacrifice for, all this hard work for? Um, you know, missing out. I'm pretty sure you missed on a lot of different events with family and friends because you had to train. You had to be on. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I definitely understand. Of course, I never been to that heights. I never won a world championship, but um, just different things in my life that I have achieved. It has been like, oh, that's it. <laughs> you know, like so definitely. I I, I want to talk about also. Uh, so you touched on getting there getting it and it wasn't what you what you actually perceive so during this time now we fast forward 10 years later what is what what do you have to take because i know you work with with kids so is that it do you get fulfillment out of actually giving back i actually posted something on facebook today and it was something of the, in that kind of uh area you mm-hmm. know of my appreciating it my my joy and, and you can tell by, you know, as I, as I, you know, my tone kind of changes right now because now, um, after that World Series, it got, it got really serious for me. I had to, uh, I told you earlier, I was uh, trying to prove to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. I realized that that wasn't life's my life purpose was to prove to people. So now things got serious because I really had some serious, serious questions. I had some, I had a little bit of money, you know, mm-hmm. I was getting size checks. Um, 
but I still asked that question, right? And I didn't get it answered. It wasn't answered for me. So I, I battled. That's where my, my life really, the real battles of knowing who you are, um, uh, knowing where you come from, knowing your supporters, um, the people that really say they got your back. Not saying that anybody needs help from nobody, but it's more so like the people that really care about you. Because we do, we all need each other, whether mm-hmm. we want to believe that or not. So this is where things really start getting challenged. 2012, 13, 14, 15, that was some of the hardest moments of my life because I was ready to quit. Mm-hmm. And this is at the World Championship. And I went back to the World Series in 2013. So why are you mad right now? You know what I mean? Why, why are you so upset? And nobody, I could, nobody could answer that question but me. And now, since you said fast, fast forward and 10 years later, I find I found out what that was. Mm-hmm. I found out why I stood on top of the dugout rallying 50,000 people in the stadium, millions watching on TV. I found out why I was such an energy booster in my locker room without even playing. I was an energy booster. I found out why my Little League coach, Mike Hall, gave me a leadership award. I found out why in Little League, I didn't care what position I played. I played center. I was a tight end. Mm-hmm. I was a quarterback sometimes. I was a running back sometimes. I found out why. And it is because of what you said. I get joy out of helping people, man. Mm-hmm. I get it, it. And not just helping people, because I don't want that to sound cliches, but like really people helping people reach their goal. I was able to do that. Like being a professional NFL player was like my goal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be a football player. When I started playing baseball, I wanted to be a major league player. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, whatever I was doing, it, doing, I wanted to do the best at it. I remember, you know, going, I was raised in the church. And whenever, you know, we had the young deacons, right? And whenever we did a prayer, I would try to pray just like the deacons. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, whenever, you know what I mean? Like, we had a drummer, uh, Mike, Michael Rowland was the best drummer that I've ever knew. He would sing and he would play. Mm-hmm. I tried to do the same thing. I was trying to be that, be the greatest at it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now being in this position, man, is like, I was, and I was trying to figure that out too, like trying to be the best at whatever I was doing. I was trying to understand, <clears throat> like I was going back a little bit, why I was, like I said, I wanted to know why I was, 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 this guy, this type of dude. Mm-hmm. And that's the real answer that I was trying to, that I want to answer was, who am I? You know what I mean? Like, it ain't the World Series, obviously, because it ain't that joy that I know is out there. Yeah. And and once I started realizing or opening my eyes to doing more of the things that I enjoy, I started realizing that all of those camps all of that time I sat down, it's so many of my teammates I didn't sat down and talk to about life, bro. Like, mm. life. Not mm-hmm. even the game, but life. Like, you got guys that you can sit and talk about, like, you know, I can only imagine a conversation with Marcus Jordan talking about the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Not he can't talk about life, but I can only imagine that, and that those guys being on those levels. But I feel like those challenges I went through taught me a, a lot of things about life and about people. Like, I was a very good people reader. You know, I could see when a person was going, was down. And I knew how to cheer them up. I knew how to help them, um, you know, achieve something that they really wanted. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because I knew 
I had to pick myself up out of a lot of those situations. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. was a great example for that. And um, I started Swing Champ, and, you know, people jumped on it quick, obviously because I'm a major league ball player, but mm-hmm. they started seeing how I interacted with the, with the young people, man. Mm-hmm. And I was able to relate with them so much that I really had to sit back and say, oh, this is it. And now, like you said, 10 years later, I'm coaching a team. Um, I wish I had the hat with me. Uh, the St. Anthony. Um, now, I'm, I'm in Canada right now because of my daughter and uh, being her father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I also had an opportunity to coach and now manage a 13U team mm-hmm. in uh, Canada. And like I said earlier, I posted something on Facebook. But the other day, we had our first our first time meet. My, my first time meeting a team mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I really seen, yeah, this, this is where I need, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it ain't even just, just coaching them. You know, I, I got an engagement Thursday uh, and I'm going to be talking to some element middle school kids here. Uh, and, and I'm not from Canada. You know, these mm-hmm. folks don't know, don't know me. They know a lot of people learning that I play baseball, but I'm comfortable not even just comfortable, I'm motivated to talk about my story and to relate, you know what I mean? To talk to people about how to reach these achievements or mm-hmm. the dreams or being able to, to to communicate with them the ideas or the things that I use. Understand, I think we talked about this one time too, of the capacity, the threshold that we have for these dreams that we want. Do you have the threshold? Do you have the capacity mm-hmm. to fulfill this, you know, dream of yours? And I had the capacity to, to be a great ball player, to be a major league ball player. Obviously, I'm a world champion. Mm-hmm. But at the, same th- at the same time, it was a lot of stuff I had to learn within all of this to fulfill these dreams. So now I'm able to share this type of information with, with these young athletes, man, seeing the smiles on their faces. And I just got off an Instagram call with one of them. And he just, he's so excited with me just throwing little, little motivational nuggets at him. Like, mm-hmm. coach, what can I do to help me not hit pop flies and, you know, hit the ball more consistently, more consistently. He is so excited about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's what, what brings me joy is I remember, you know, my teammates laughing at me so much because I was happier. I, I seemed happier when you hit the home run. Like when you hit the home run, I'm jumping, doing backflips. When I hit the home run, I'm kind of like shy. I knew I could do it, but maybe you didn't because you thought I was too small or mm-hmm. whatever. At the challenges, you might not be, be believing me like I believe in me because I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. But when you did it, man, I was I was more excited than my teammates. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a big hit. Oh my god. I'm, I'm excited, you know what yeah. I mean? And now realizing why I'm like that, what made me that way or whatever, like this is this is very fitting for me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Coaching like that, that's who I am. And that's what, to be honest, is like, that's what I was, I'm so happy about winning that World Series. It ain't necessarily the ring or the money or whatever. And I ain't just saying this because I spent so much of that money. I'm mm-hmm. saying that because... At the end of the day, it's about doing what you love to do. Mm. Like, on this earth. And then, I mean, yeah. having a lot of money is wonderful, dog. And 
having things can be great, but they're not you. And I had to learn that. Mm. I was I was attaching myself to stuff that could never be me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Whether it was the nice beans I had or being able to buy my mama a car, like I was so attached to thinking that that was me. Mm. Nah, those things, the things that you have can never be you. So I had to learn who was I then and what makes me who I am. Yeah. Well, I just learned that, you know? Yeah, yeah. This, you know what I mean? Like being with this kid over here is making, filling me up so much that I'm excited about talking about it with you. Yeah. That's who I am. Yep. And now what happens after that, and it's crazy, that overflow, the money or whatever you want to call it, man, it starts coming from places that you don't even have to talk about. Like yeah. because you're doing what you what you enjoy, all of that stuff that you, it'll come. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we just have to get out of our own way, you know, yes. in most things. You know, you get out of your own way and things will come. You got to, I know it's hard and it's challenging because a lot of people, we have, we live in a real world. You have bills, you have responsibilities. But if you are not really truly happy, then it's always going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight every single day just to get through the day because a lot of things that these materialistic things, that we are told that we need to have, we really don't need them. Um, what we need is our passion and to be compassionate about our passion and everything else will fall in line. Uh, if anybody... Like go, go go ahead, I'm sorry. I like what you said. Oh. I, I, like you gotta have a... Like you gotta be... Are you happy with waking up in the morning doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you see it all the time, whether it's on social media, whatever people saying, they'll wake up, oh, I got to go to this job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I know it's some days that I'm not going to feel well, right? Some days I'm not going to be the best, but I can't even tell you that I don't enjoy, I, I don't enjoy going to practice with these young people all the mm-hmm. time, or I don't enjoy being able to speak. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even the best. I mean, after people watch this video, I don't articulate my words the best, <laughs> but at the same time, I love talking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I really enjoy talking. So it's like you it's like you really gotta have that like that passion, like you said, yeah. to to do of doing what you wanna do. Like if it ain't there, you only gonna disappoint yourself. Like yep. you you gonna you gonna make yourself mad because you doing something that you really don't wanna do. You know what I'm saying? Like when you have that passion to get up every morning. And everything that you need to do to do what you want to do, that's when you know you're doing what you want to do. Absolutely. That's so true. Uh, if Before I let you go, I got to ask you, because this is a fitness show, and I do ask every single guest, during the pandemic, the lockdown last year, did you pick up any healthy habits? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I say that with the quickest. You know how some people be like, you got to watch how fast people answer questions? Mm-hmm. Look, I, I built me a pull-ups a pull-up bar. Okay. In my backyard. I built one. Like, mm-hmm. a nice pull-up bar. Not just that, though, but it was like, before the pandemic, you know, I changed my eating habits dramatically. Mm-hmm. I, I became a vegan, mostly. I will, at least with the food. You know, I still wore leather and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but I really... Uh, I really thought about the way I was taking care of myself. So I know when, as I was playing, I, I gained a lot of weight, you know, from not working out. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
order to change that. So my, my eating habits changed dramatically. When the pandemic hit, I was selling juices, like these health, healthy green juices and immune boosters, mm-hmm. um, juices. And I was cooking. So, and uh, about 2015, I started my yoga practice. Mm. Um, I never was a real big guy in the gym. Uh, I like lifting weights, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I'm more more of like, you know, let's go get on the basketball court. And that's my workout. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I started uh, doing yoga classes. I, I was teaching yoga to a lot of high school athletes. I um, And then I implemented while I was, you know, doing that, working with them with yoga and meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I started talking about... Um, eating and, and drinking more water and understanding that our body is made up of water and what think what foods uh, talk I'm gonna say talk mm-hmm. to different parts of the body like mm-hmm. certain certain things that you eat they're gonna go directly to where that part of the body wants it you know what I mean mm-hmm. so really getting educational being more edu- getting educated on just what you know, studies show that what foods do for for for, for people, for us. Absolutely. Um, but most definitely, man, when I, when I, when all this pandemic, it, it, matter of fact, my juices, they start booming. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wanted my juices because, you know, of, of the immune system and, and what people were uh, uh, scared, you know. Mm-hmm. We all, you mm-hmm. know, was kind of wondering what was going on. Even now, you know, uh, Mika, who is uh, my daughter's mother, she, um, she she went vegan with me, mm. and uh, we both kind of you know uh, really uh, verbalized the idea of eating better with her family, with her friends, and they actually a lot of her friends and her people and the people that you know were already they they we they're establishing that idea of eating healthy and, and, and making people aware of what we do with our bodies and our minds and meditation and, and being consistent and things like that. So most definitely, and I can, I can, I can, you know, give COVID, you know, a lot of that, you know, you know, mm-hmm. they, that help, you know, it really helped being more responsible with the idea of eating healthier. You know what I'm saying? It kind of made me really pay attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we shouldn't be afraid of no sicknesses. We shouldn't be afraid of that kind of stuff. And if there's ways to help that where, Brother, right before I got on the car with you, bro, I just finished my uh, yoga session by myself. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I think <clears throat> when we do become accountable for our own actions, our own studying, even in 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know what I'm saying? And uh, work the need to not be ashamed as the verses continue. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we got to do our own. We got to trust in what we are doing to mm-hmm. ourselves. Like we can rely on a doctor, we can rely on our wives, or our husbands, or our friends, but when you're able to, uh, you know, do your own research, man, I think mentally, you become healthy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You ain't you ain't waiting on an Instagram post to see what I need to do the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I like Instagram. I see some of them workouts. Yeah. I, I, I follow some of them, you know what I mean? But for the most part, I'm listening to my own body. I'm listening yeah. to my own self. I'm listening to, my, to what I research and what I study and what I feel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, Absolutely. yeah, man, I did, I did definitely get a, a workout routine, which yeah. I had one, but 
Yeah, yeah I feel you. Man. A little bit more intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, before I let you go, if someone, because we did talk about um, Swing Champs, if someone wants to get in contact and actually become part of Swing Champs, how could they do that? I have my website up. Uh, after moving here, you know, I kind of, I, I want to say it's still up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I will do is uh, recommend that people uh, con- contact me via Facebook right now or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Send my DM. And if you have uh, information, please send it to me. But for the most part, connect me there. Or my email, which is 11adron, A-D-R-O-N, 56, at gmail.com. Um, just... <clears throat> actually I got so many people here in Canada want my hats and I just um, um, got partnered up with a, a friend of a friend of a friend that works with New Era and I actually got some some of the 3D you know this is kind of a flat what's the name so I'm gonna have a 3D uh, swing channel everybody obviously we love the 3D uh, logos mm-hmm. so I got very beautiful hats coming in. I already got, um, I had a, uh, an account with Etsy and I had my, my uh, apparel and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm still doing that kind of stuff. People ever want. The biggest thing for me right now is I know once I transition into this coaching world, cause I'm doing a lot of private lessons. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of private lessons. Uh, that's going to really build a con- uh, my, my clientele when it comes to things like this. But Contacting me about baseball, which I'm, I'm gonna answer your question. Please contact me through you know, Instagram, which is uh, Swing Champ uh, Fifty Six, um, and Facebook, which is also Swing Champ. Um, or you can just type my name, Adrian Chambers. And if you want to play, please, man. We got so many organizations, man. The Players Alliance. Um, they're really tackling our, our inner communities, uh, black athletes playing more baseball, and those are guys like CeCe Sabathia, Curtis Grandison, Edwin Jackson, like, um, so many great, and the name, guys that watch this, you know, my bad for not naming everybody's name, but mm-hmm. like, it's just really an organization that's really trying to help with guys, or young men and young girls, play baseball, dog. Baseball is a wonderful, wonderful tool. I love football. I really appreciate football, I should say. But baseball is one of those tools that I think everybody, we can play a game in a community, a blooper ball, but mm-hmm. baseball, great tool for life. So if you really want your kids to play ball that's watching this, and I know I talk a lot, but please contact me ASAP, man. I promise you, wherever you are, I know a lot of people, a lot of different places, whatever city you're in, I'm pretty sure I know somebody there, and we will get you connected. I promise you playing baseball because mm-hmm. I recommend every kid to play baseball. I ain't saying stop playing football, but baseball is, is is a wonderful, wonderful sport, and they'll be able to travel. I mean, I'm in Canada because of it right now. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Most definitely. So, I, again, I want to thank you for taking time out and sitting down with us today and telling us your journey. Uh, looking forward to it in book form, which I know will be coming yeah. soon. Yeah, real soon. Yeah. Real soon. So, real soon. Definitely. Uh, thank you for your time. And I hope, I'm sure, not I hope, I'm sure that they learn a lot about just baseball, you personally, and just, you know, sticking to what you believe in, uh, sticking, staying true to the journey and finishing, you know? So I really do appreciate you for sitting down with us today and telling us your story, brother. So thank you very much. Ernest, man, appreciate you, man. Now my stay, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, peace. Peace. Oh,
What up, Tay Schoolers? If you enjoyed the last episode, please like, share, and comment, and please continue to send us your great ideas, individuals you want to hear from, and areas and spaces that you want to hear about. We will try our best to accommodate those. Um, we definitely appreciate all of the support, the constant support that you all give us. It, it makes us feel very, very special. We are very grateful and very humble. Uh, things that's going on with Tay School of Fitness. Uh, we are revamping the website. We have some things coming up next month. The challenge, of course, is coming up again. Again, a uh, challenge to get fit. Eight weeks uh, of pure, just fun uh, routines. Also, a meal plan comes with that. Uh, it'll be a little bit more interactive. This challenge, we're definitely looking to forward to it. Our winners uh, keep moving, keep going. Um, and we, are thoroughly, we thoroughly enjoy it. So yeah, make sure that you join us with our challenge coming up in April. As always, you can catch us every Wednesday with our free hit Zoom and IG live uh, workout class. It's about 45 minutes to an hour. All you have to bring is your water, a great attitude, a towel, and some kind of form of resistance. If it's in bands or weights or cans or water bottles, whatever it may be, make sure that you join us every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. for our uh, free hit and Zoom class, Wellness Wednesdays. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all there. Um, it's a lot of fun. We have a great time actually producing and getting it out there. Also, um, make sure that you all pay attention to little tidbits of uh, new events and uh, collaborations that we will be having this summer. A lot of people are getting back outside. Boot camp season is definitely here. We're looking forward to hosting boot camps in different cities across the country. We will be doing that as well. So make sure that you look out for that. As always, thanks for all of your support and have a fit day.